A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When my uncle was in his teens and early 20s, he used to go on a yearly backpacking trip in the mountains of the Pacific Northwest near Mount Baker National Forest with a group of friends. They there were five of them knew each other from high school and over the years as they went their separate ways in life, college, etc. The trip became a way for them to reconnect with one another. Anyway, the first time they made this backpacking trip, they were cresting a peak and came across a wide valley view. They were off trail and making pace cross country, but could navigate well enough given geography. My uncle in particular is a pretty experienced outdoorsman and was even back then. To their surprise, especially given that there weren't any trails nearby for at least a couple miles, the group saw a large house on the side of a small lake. There was a small water plane parked on a dock adjacent the house, but other than this everything was entirely wild. No trails, no campsites, nothing. The group was shocked, but didn't think much of it the first time. It seemed to be a pretty rad house, so they assumed it belonged to some rich somebody, and that it was just a private retreat. 
It was still pretty cool though, so they decided to return to that mountain crest every time they went on this trip to look at the house. Well, three or four years later when they came across the house, there was no plane on the dock. They figured this meant that nobody was home. This time, they decided they were going to check out the house, so they made their way down, which took a while through the thick, trail-less forest. What they came to was a remarkably fancy modern-style cabin home. Three floors, huge windows, a massive deck with a state-of-the-art barbecue, everything one would want in a sick-ass hidden mountain retreat. Cool. While they were poking around, a plane landed. Instead of running and hiding, the group decided to explain the situation. So they did when they met a nice gentleman who had flown in. He was very kind and courteous and pleased to show them his vacation house. From then on each time they went on the trip they would stop there for a night if the plane was present. Only one year my uncle became curious. What's the deal with this place? So at night, while they were sleeping in the house, he crept around and investigated a few of the many rooms it had. In the basement he found what explains everything. Massive piles of weed and brick form stacked row upon row next to stacks of cash. Instead of freaking out, he went back to sleep and didn't tell his friends until they had left the next day. Not exactly spooky, but I feel like it fits in with the vibe of this threat. A few years back, my fiance and I went up to stay at her parents' property in Northern California for a weekend to camp, hike, do some astrophotography, and generally just enjoy nature. This place is a good 20 minutes from any real town and far enough from any big city that you can faintly see the glow of the Milky Way at night. The property is pretty huge and has a cabin, but we both prefer sleeping out under the stars, so we set an air mattress in the bed of my truck and pulled it up next to the pond. We got there a little after three in the afternoon, and after getting everything set up, we decided to go for a walk. This being just a quick walk, I left my phone, wallet, keys, etc. in my backpack to avoid any distractions, even for just a little bit. When we got back about a half hour later, I noticed that my backpack was zipped open and laying on its side. I was sure that I left it zipped up and standing up, I was concerned and brought it up to my fiancé, but she convinced me that I probably just remembered wrong, as I sometimes do. The night goes on and some clouds roll in, ruining our chance to stargaze, so we decided to get to bed a little sooner than normal to get an earlier start the next morning. After some wilderness sexy times we hit the hay. Sometimes I have trouble sleeping at night. So while she sleeps, I'm often left laying there for an hour or so until I'm actually out. It's never bothered me too much, but this night in particular, I remember wishing I could have just fallen asleep. A little while after we both went to bed, I heard something splashing in the pond next to us. I didn't think much of it, probably just a small animal, maybe a deer. Worst case scenario, maybe it was a mountain lion, but I've heard they don't bother campers all that often anyways so I wasn't worried. It wasn't until I heard the word, hey, from somewhere across the pond that I was legitimately freaked out. My heart was beating out of my chest. I turned my head to see that my fiance was still fast asleep, which was good, because I don't even want to imagine how she would have reacted. I laid in silence for what felt like hours, 
But probably just about five seconds later, I heard the word, hey again. This time it was a little closer than before, and I knew it wasn't just the wind or my ears playing tricks on me. One afternoon in Temp, Arizona, a man walked into a hotel where I worked. He had a coat on a pea green military type coat and butcher paper, yes, he had butcher paper around himself like some kind of tube top, under his coat like a shirt. In addition, one of his legs was twice as big as the other. He asked to use the payphone in the lobby. I told him, sure not yet realizing how weird he looked he was obscured by the desk and the entry door. We started out with a weird vibe the moment he crossed the lobby to the phone. When we finally got a chance to look at him, he walked a bit slow. However, this made sense as his leg appeared swollen. He then made a call and turned slightly to keep me and my co-worker in his attention, sort of out of his peripheral vision. Very soon we could tell he wasn't listening to anyone, and the phone made noises like it was off the hook. I decided that was enough and demanded he leave, which he did abruptly by our side door. Now the really weird part. My co-worker took a picture of him on that payphone with an old flip phone. In the digital pixelation he was moving, which rendered him blurrier than the rest of the picture. He looked like his face was an oversized toothy grinning skull, black eyes and a hole where his nose should be. It was so bizarre. It reminds me of the story about the man made of parts and the mirrored sunglasses, a story from Victoria, England, in which a man encountered a man he thought was made of parts. Later that day, a police officer came to the hotel asking if we had seen a man fitting the same description. I acknowledged that we had and told the police officer what occurred. I then inquired why he was asking about this bizarre man. The police officer stated that the man was seen in a nearby park by a couple who later reported that the man had suddenly vanished into thin air just a few yards away from them. This occurred in late 2019 before the sea lockdown. I haven't heard anything further about the unknown man or whatever he was. So I need some advice. I live in the backwoods of NEPA and yesterday, while hiking into state game lands, I heard my nephew screaming for help. Mind you, I am three miles from any roads and they were miles away shopping. My dog was terrified. I was wary and ignored the yelling and just pretended it didn't happen. It went off and on for an hour or so and then silence. I continued my way back home through the woods when I was done. Last night, after a bunch of storms roll through, I hear my dog's collar tags tingling outside. Like he's running, walking, all sorts of tingles. He was next to me, his collar off for the night. He then proceeded to go hide upstairs next to my dad for the night. He's never done that before. Am I experiencing a skinwalker? I feel like I led something home yesterday. Hello everyone. I'm not really sure if I should post this, mostly because I'm not really sure if what I'm experiencing is paranormal in any way, but yeah, I just need some kind of confirmation whether I'm just imagining things or not. Now, I also have to say that this post is going to be pretty long. These things have been happening for about a year so, there's a lot to tell. I also have to state some things before I start telling you my story. 
I'm still in high school final year, so I still live with my parents in a relatively small apartment, two bedrooms, a kitchen, a bathroom, and a hall. The apartment building was built somewhere in the early 1990s, and my apartment was firstly inhabited by a small family before my parents moved in 2001. I don't have any mental illness and no record of any in my family, so what I've been seeing or hearing is most probably real. Now let's go through my story. When I was young, I was extremely afraid of sleeping alone. Now this is normal for any child, but my fear only disappeared when I was about 11 or 12. Now that I think about it, it might have been because of the sounds that I could hear at night. The building is relatively new, so there are no creaks or other sounds, even though the water can sometimes be heard circulating through the pipes. But ever since I was little, I could hear footsteps in the hall at night. Whenever I went to check, there was no apparent source. This startled me a bit in my early years, but as I grew older, I assumed they were from the neighbors above and kind of shook it off whenever I heard them. About a year ago, though, things really started to happen. And it all began with me having a sleep paralysis experience. That night, I woke up, but I couldn't move or speak, only look around my dark room, illuminated eerily by moonlight. At the foot of my bed stood a tall, dark figure. Not abnormally tall, somewhere close to my father's height at that time. I couldn't make out many details apart of it being humanoid, but it didn't speak or even move as a matter of fact. It just stared at me. I remember the feeling of just laying there, watching that figure stare back at me, but weirdly enough, I was completely calm. I wasn't confused, scared, horrified even, just calm. A month after that, I was on my PC, with the door to my bedroom closed. My desk with my computer is stationed on the other side of the door, so my webcam looks directly to it. That evening, I was on Discord with my friends and I had my camera turned on. We were just talking, chilling, laughing. Normal things. As I had my headphones on, I couldn't hear anything apart my friends' voices. Now, I only found this out about a couple of days later. But sometime during our call, my friends saw my door open by itself, but they thought it was my mother checking in on me. I didn't tell them that, but I knew for a fact that I was home alone at the moment. This really freaked me out and for a few days I was terrified of being alone in the house. I thought someone broke in during that time, but there was nothing missing and the front door remained locked from the inside. The next few months were quiet, very quiet. Nothing happened and the footsteps in the hall were gone. My theory about them was enhanced by the fact that the neighbors upstairs moved out and to this day, no one lives in the apartment above. But then things started going down. I started finding some of my things slightly moved. A pen from my desk was on the floor. A book in my bookshelf was now on my bed and things like that. I talked to my parents about those, but they said they didn't move anything. Then I would find a door to a cabinet or wardrobe randomly opened and left that way. Most of them also had nothing to do with my parents. This is when we started to jokingly say there was a ghost in the apartment, and we named it Mark. I know it sounds stupid, but we chose to amuse ourselves instead of worrying. Something any person would find much more comforting, I believe. Then we installed the light. As we sleep with the doors to our bedrooms open, it is inconvenient when someone turns on the hall light at night, when they go to the bathroom, 
mostly because the other are them woken up by it. So to avoid stumbling into things while navigating through darkness, we installed a motion-detecting hall light. Simple, right? Kinda. Except of the fact that ever since we installed it, I barely sleep at night. The footsteps now returned, even though there is absolutely no one above us and we live at the ground floor. But now, whenever I could hear footsteps, the light in the hall would turn on, as like detecting movement. But no one is there. I never managed to record it, so when I told my friends about it, they laughed at me. But when I had one of them stay overnight, their opinion changed within minutes. A week ago, I took a shower at about 2-3am. Now, I might just be paranoid, but I can bet there's something there with me whenever I enter the bathroom. Watching. When I got out of the shower, I noticed scratch marks on my left arm. Two parallel lines and a perfect M or W. Now, as I said, most of this could be explained like sleep paralysis hallucinations, footsteps creaks of the building, light faulty wiring, but for the sake of me, I can't explain the scratches. The moved items, the open doors, or even the presence I sometimes feel watches over me. me. My friend suggested I contact the spirit, but this is where I stop. I know for a fact how dangerous Ouija boards and seances can be, and I am not willing to invite something else into my home. And I also live in a country where religion isn't taken that seriously apart from the elders. Most priests don't even believe in God and our religion doesn't really cover ghosts or spirits. So there is no way to exercise or bless the house or something like that. So I ask you, a gathering of the most enthusiastic paranormal enjoyers and investigators. Is this paranormal? And what should I do about it? So I used to live in this small one-story house with a, at the time, pseudo-large family. Three kids, me included, and my mom. So the house had this added on living room. It was a recent addition to the house that I guess the original owner decades ago didn't want, but was added after he passed. Now I am not superstitious or anything, but that whole room felt off, like it was uneven and slanted even though it wasn't. It gave me the chills to be alone there. One night I leave my room for some reason, probably because I was scared or something, and I slept on the couch in the living room because it is an eyeshot of my mother's room and very close to it. We also had this mirror. It was a large vanity mirror on rusty hinges that would move when hit by wind or a very strong current since it was made of copper and rather large. So I'm sleeping in the living room or trying to, and then the mirror starts to move now it is stagnant in there, like no air current, the heaters aren't blowing. Nothing. And this big-ass copper mirror rotates and faces me while I am on the couch. It turned real slow too, it squeaked and everything and bothered the hell out of me. It lasted an eternity. Couldn't sleep all night and laid awake facing away from it. The following morning when I got up and walked over to my mom's room to wake her up the mirror was silently turned back to its original position. I don't believe it was anything supernatural, but it freaks me the F out to this day, and I'm glad I never have to set foot in that room again. Every person that has ever been close to me has seen or had a conversation with me when I wasn't around at least once. This started happening around the time I turned 13. 
I had an early day at school and decided to hang out at a friend's house instead of catching the bus home, stayed for a few hours and walked home. When I got into the house, I heard my mom speaking to someone upstairs, which was unusual since we were normally the only two people there at any given time. When I turned the corner to see what was going on, I saw her looking into the open door of my room and heard her having a conversation. Obviously confused, I asked who was over, at which point she jumped, turned around, and got white in the face. At the time, she told me she was on the phone, but later confessed that she thought I had been home since school got out and was trying to wake me up from a nap. A few years later, I got into my first serious relationship. After a few months of dating each other, I had moved into my first apartment with a few close friends. One night while she was staying over, I was awoken and saw that she was crying. When I asked her what was wrong, she told me that she had gotten up to use the bathroom. When she came out, she saw me walking down the hallway and towards the stairs, assuming I had just woken up from her getting out of bed and went to get a glass of water. She didn't think anything of it until she turned the corner and saw me laying in the same spot I was in completely asleep. Not long after that, my roommates also started having similar experiences, usually at night. This has since continued throughout every relationship and close friendship I've acquired, to the point where it's become something that I have to disclose while also trying to sound sane. The most troubling and confusing part about this is that I've never personally experienced it, and the only time I'm aware that it's happened is when I'm comforting someone from whatever they saw. This happened in the middle of nowhere, Missouri at our house, and it has two parts. I'm not sure the two parts are related, but I've always thought that they were. First part is that I'm 16 and I get home from school, and there are two guys sitting on my porch. Keep in mind, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so they see me, and I see them, and it's not like I can turn around. So being 16, I get out and go talk to them. Turns out they are basically bums or hobos that live on the rails. Funny thing is that they are at least 10 miles from the rails, and I have no idea how they picked out my house from the dozens they passed. Anyway, I start talking to them, and one is a larger guy with a beard that is doing all the talking and giving me the full-on, oh, I'm down on my luck story. The skinny guy was not saying a word and kind of on reflection acting drugged up. They want me to give them a ride to the YMCA, which is about 25 miles away. Being 16, I think. Why not, about that time my mother comes home and freaks out. Calls the sheriff and he comes and picks them up. Doesn't arrest them, just has them transported to a shelter. I talk to the sheriff later, and he says that he ended up taking them to the YMCA for the night. No big deal. Then it gets a little weird, and this is when I've always wondered the connection. My mother goes out of town to stay with her sister for the weekend. Not a huge deal, I was 16 at the time and it happened every few months. About 1am I start hearing a noise downstairs, not loud enough to wake me up and make me say, holy shit, someone is breaking in, but loud enough to wake me. This goes on for about 20 minutes or so and I'm finally awake. I turn on all the lights but don't go outside, at this point I'm about half freaking out. The noises aren't loud enough that I think something is wrong but they were loud enough to make me go. WTF. Nothing happens about 45 minutes later I go to bed, but have opened the blinds and looked outside. 
I'm laying in bed again thinking to myself, well, I didn't see anything, it sure was dark out there, and I realize. Hey man, you have a giant ass overhead street light on an electric pole outside that is always on. Why is it dark? This prompts me to freak the hell out. I get up and of course load up a shotgun, grab a few cans of Dr. Pepper and stay up all night while staring into the darkness because sure as shit my giant street lamp that has been on every day for 16 years is dead. Morning rolls around and there is that dew that covers the ground. I go outside and first look at the light, and the fuse was pulled laying on the ground. It was one of those old fuses that looked like a shotgun shell. I put it back in, and it worked the next night. I walk up to the house, and in the morning dew there are all these handprints on the door, as well as all these pentagrams drawn on the door. What freaked me out was that there was all this paint gone and chips around the screen or glass door like someone had a small screwdriver and was trying to get in. Scared the crap out of me, and the police decided that it was just someone screwing with me or it was random. I've always thought that the two hobos came back, but keep in mind if they did, they would have had to make it 25 miles, so at that point I have no idea what they were planning. Also, my mother thought I was making the whole thing up. She thought I was doing a practical joke and couldn't figure out the punchline. She stayed at the sister's house. I was running along a trail in the woods behind a park and decided to go farther than I had in the past. So I was running along and there was this old, beaten stuffed animal sitting alongside the path. Kind of weird, but I kept going. A little farther along the path, there was a weathered doll sitting on a Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A stump. They weren't super visible, but enough to catch your eye as you went past. I kept running and then turn a corner to see a couple dozen stuffed animals and dolls stabbed to and hanging from the trees. Safe to say I promptly turned around. In high school, we moved into the middle of nowhere. Our house was surrounded by hills and woods. I loved going on walks with my dog. There was one incident that freaked me out really bad. It was just me and my dog, we're a good hour away from the house or anyone else. My dog usually led the way, always knew the best paths. Out of nowhere she turns to the right and goes completely tense. Her back fur ruffled and she started growling. A minute later I could hear them. A whole pack of coyotes. I couldn't see them but it sounded like they were very close. Next thing I know my girl takes off through the woods. I yelled at her to come back, but the next thing I know she's gone and I hear this awful dogfight and then silence. I didn't know what to do and right when I started to panic my girl comes tail wagging, not a scratch on her. She loved on me and then led me home. Best dog I've ever had.
She passed away this year. Don't think I'll be able to walk the woods without her. Grew up in rural western Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. Lots of strange things in the woods out there. From abandoned sulfur mines to hermit shacks. The strangest thing we ever came across was a little house in the middle of nowhere. No road, no driveway, but it wasn't a shack, it was a house. Like a suburban house. It always freaked us out and we left it alone. Never saw anyone there and looked abandoned, but not yet run down. So, fast forward a couple years. We are older and bored. One day we decide we are going in. There is no boogeyman here. But it still freaks me out to this day. We go in through the kitchen, and it was normal. In the living room was a beautiful old player piano, like a big one. Then we realize the room has nothing in it but the piano and boxes. Lots of boxes. In the boxes are the rolls for the player piano. The rolls are the paper inserts that the piano reads to play the song, so the living room is stacked with these things, like floor to ceiling. So we go upstairs and it's the same thing. Piano rolls everywhere, stacked on the bed, under it, in the closets, from floor to ceiling in places. I remember starting to get really freaked out. I still do. The vibe was all wrong. There was a point when we went back into the kitchen and my buddy opened some cabinets. All piano rolls. We sprinted away from that place like it was on fire. Always stayed away from that part of the woods. My roommate and I are house hunting. We went to one that just kept calling to us. Every time we opened our app's boom, it was right there in our faces. We both felt like something was a little bit off about it, but finally we caved and said sure we LL go tour it. We get to the house, walk around it, everything seems fine. Garage is boring, paint's peeling, boards outside are rotting, etc. So that was a turnoff for us. We started to go back toward the front of the house, and I noticed the back door was wide open. I thought that was odd, as literally anyone could just walk in and squat. I got a funny feeling like I was being watched as we walked past it going back to the front of the house. Well, we went inside anyway, just to see it since we were there and our realtor put in the effort to get us a showing. Everything was fine, it was a cute little place, but that's just it. It was little. There was basically no living room. But enough about that. I'll get into the actual experience now. We walk through the place and we get to the basement stairs. There's no door to them. Just in the back behind the kitchen, there's a small hallway that has the door to the backyard and at the other end an open doorway and then the stairs down. Instantly I felt my hair stand up on the back of my neck and I felt scared to even look down the stairs. My roommate looks at me and said, I feel it too. Maybe I had a look on my face or something I don't know. We go down the stairs and I said out loud, F sake please don't touch me I'm just here to look. Our realtor looked a bit uncomfortable too. We get to the bottom of the stairs and the oppressive feeling backs off, leaving in its place the feeling of still being watched, but by something that feels scared, almost like a scared child. We look in the bathroom, the two bedrooms, and once I got to the closet in the second room, the I'm scared feeling got stronger. Not like me being scared, but whatever was down there with us. 
I walked out of the room and straight across the living room down there. There was a very small area about the size of a small closet with half of an original concrete wall. I instantly felt an overwhelming dread and almost burst into tears. Then I felt the oppressive one come back full force. While it wasn't audible, it felt like it was screaming at me to get the hell out of its space. I ran out of the basement so fast. Once back upstairs, it was almost normal feeling. We went up to the loft in the attic, and it actually felt quite comfortable. Until we turned to go back down the stairs to the main floor. The lights were all off when we went up, so my roommate flipped the switch to turn them back off. They flickered, then all went off except the one above him. He flipped them back on, but nothing changed. Flipped the switch back down, no change. That one light stayed on. We went back to the main floor living room, the realtor asking what we thought. My roommate kept looking toward the basement. We finally went back outside and decided we weren't taking this house. Roommate and I got in the car and I asked him if he was okay. He said it followed us everywhere after the basement. Oh, and apparently I said, don't worry, I'll find it, when I walked out of the closet and to the concrete wall. Now I've been having a nightmare nearly every night since we were at that house. I'm trapped in that corner. I'm screaming nonstop. It's dark and I'm in so much pain. I think something terrible happened there. But why am I dreaming as if it's me experiencing it? My husband listens to your podcast regularly, and until a couple days ago, I thought he was nuts. While my encounter was not as up close and personal, it was nonetheless terrifying to me and I feel that it has forever changed me and the way I view the world. I had just arrived home a few minutes after dusk after visiting my parents. Our location is rural, but we do have a few neighbors within shouting distance of us. We have 33 acres of mixed forests and fields with lots of thick brush consisting mostly of briars. I had my two young children with me in the Jeep ages two years and 11 months when I pulled in the driveway that night. My husband was working late with an emergency case. It was near fully dark when I arrived home. As soon as I stepped from my vehicle, I felt creeped out. It felt different outside. We have lots of peepers and crickets that would normally be making lots of noise. Even the birds are usually chirping until an hour or more past dark. This time, there was not a sound. It was very warm that evening, so the peepers should have been in full chorus. Because of my uneasy feeling, I was rushing to get the kids in the house at the same time and did not want to leave RJ in the car alone for a minute, as I routinely do. He and our older daughter, who was asleep, are normally too heavy for me to carry together at the same time. That night, though, I grabbed them both, one in each arm, after finding my keys to the front door and carried them both. Usually, I would use the auto garage door, however, the opener did not work. When I reached the front door at the top of the stairs and got situated on the front porch, I put down Angelina in order to open the front door. As soon as I turned my attention back to the front door, it happened. Somewhere to my left came a sound that will be forever seared into my memory. It started low and slowly increased to a moderately loud growl. It was deep-toned and very guttural and was angry or hateful in character. 
It was nothing like anything I had ever heard before, but it did sound canine in origin, especially after spending an hour listening to various animal growls. The growl continued for approximately 10 seconds. I was so terrified, I was fumbling with the keys. It really felt like I was dropped into an 80s horror film. I really did think I was going to die. I was sure any second, the thing making this sound was going to pounce upon me and the kids and eat us right on the spot. The growl sounded as though the creature was standing just off to my left. I refused to look out of fear of what I would see. It sounded so close and at or even above eye level with me. My porch extends another five feet to the left, and then off the porch is the front of the house. There's 35 yards of grass to the edge of the tree line, and there's a field with two-foot-tall grass opposite that. There's also a small shed between our porch and the tree line. Standing on the front porch from my head to the ground is approximately nine feet, so I assume it was standing near the corner of the house. I had never been so afraid until a few moments later when it actually spoke to me. As the growl continued, it seemed to melt into audible words, spoken in a very deep and gruff tone that seemed to have a rough sort of reverberation quality to them. What I heard as clear as day was, you can't get in. The only word that I'm unsure of is the first, you. As the sound of growl transitioned to English words, and it sounded more like it. Now I was hysterical and dropping the keys. Finally, I got the right one in and got the door open and got in. I had to kick my daughter through the door regretfully. Strangely, she seemed oblivious to what had just transpired, as if she didn't hear it. I slammed the door shut and never looked. I didn't hear anything else that night. I called my husband and his friend to let them know what happened. So I never did actually see what terrorized me because I couldn't look. I've had two days to, to think about this encounter and talk with my husband, who has listened to every episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm fairly certain that this was what was growling at me. The sound was not human and seemed like it was amped or mic'd up, because it seemed so powerful. Not that it was a loud growl, but it seemed unnatural. Also, the height it seemed to emanate from and the silence that preceded it lead me to that conclusion. My husband agrees because the entire week, he too has been on edge. We have lived here for a year and all seemed normal until this week. Our cat, which is an indoor cat, got out accidentally and has vanished without a trace. She has gotten out before and just stood around until we got her back in the house. Also, my husband said Tuesday night he experienced the silence outside and it really unnerved him too. He says he has never experienced anything so eerie. On Wednesday, he took our dog up into the woods to look for our cat and felt very uneasy. He said the dog kept tucking its tail and turning around, wanting to go home. It's not like our dog or my husband to feel uneasy in the woods, because both of them love the outdoors and are very comfortable in nature. On Thursday at dusk, he took the dog around the back lot and says something took off from the thickets, at a sprint and came crashing through the woods down the hill towards him. He always carries a sidearm when he is out and is normally not afraid of anything, but he actually turned and ran back up towards the house. Whatever was charging stopped seconds after he stopped to listen and did not make another sound. He was very concerned when he came in, stating that he knows what big game sounds like and that this was, 
just not right. Even he was surprised that he ran from the sound. The following day was when my encounter happened. After talking about all of these events with my husband, we are concerned that there is a dogman in the area. My husband listened to episodes 90 and 91 and is so worried that this thing has decided to stalk one or both of our kids. My husband said that based on those episodes, it sounds like the dogman plans ahead when snatching kids, and he thinks it may have been scouting the area with plans to do just that. He said it was doing that or that it was waiting for me to leave one of the kids in the Jeep for a minute. Either way, none of this is good. The main reason why I wanted to submit this was because it seems very unique in that it spoke to me. It wasn't the words, but the feeling it gave me that disturbed me most. It was as if it was trying to give me the impression that I was nothing and that I was weak and just food. I got the impression that it was saying, can't get in, like, haha, you're mine. It's hard to explain because it seemed like it was conveying its frame of mind and that it was, for lack of a better description, making fun of me in a very cruel way. I really want to know if you have ever heard of one of these monsters actually speaking. My husband and I really want to believe that our conclusions are wrong, but instinct and your show have us highly convinced that it in fact was a dogman. We thank you deeply for keeping the show going, being informed, and not leading us to believe that the monster is probably literally hiding out and waiting for us. That just might save one or all of our lives. Thank you for all that you do. Please let us know what you think about all of this. At the time that this incident occurred, I was homeless and got around on an old bicycle. One evening, I was looking for a spot to set up a quick campsite in a small patch of woods along a public bicycle path in west-central Dark County, Ohio. I was cold and eager to get a small fire started and get into my sleeping bag. The area is a refuge for stray cats. Many locals drop off their unwanted or stray cats in this area, and some local kind-hearted folks feed them and provide plastic containers for shelter. When I found what I thought would be a suitable spot to set up camp, I set my bag down and walked a few steps to a large tree to empty my bladder. I had a small flashlight in my bag, but the night sky provided enough light after my eyes were adjusted. Suddenly a cat dashed through the brush very near me and startling me, then another further to left. As I looked toward the sound of the last cat running, I could make out the shape of the plastic containers in a small circle. These containers house some cats. I then noticed three sets of pinkish-orange glowing objects with slight movement. I first assumed the glowing objects were the reflection of three cats' eyes. After watching the objects further approximately 30 seconds, I saw that the glowing was in fact some sort of eyewear worn by three human-like figures. As I knelt down to watch, I could see these figures were handling the cats, and the subjects were wearing very low reflective off-white or gray coveralls. After about two minutes, all three subjects turned their heads toward me. Thinking they might be animal control workers and not wanting to frighten them, I stood up and asked, How are you doing? With no vocal response, all three began moving towards me, instantly closing the 30 feet that separated us. Slowly again, I asked, what are you guys doing out here? They continued moving towards me. I heard them talking or communicating, but inside my head and in a strange whisper. I couldn't understand, 
I also noticed they were shorter than me. I'm five foot ten, and guess they were ten to twelve foot shorter than me. I turned, got on my bicycle, and pedaled out of there. After several minutes of fast riding, I noticed no vehicles or signs of activity. It was almost like I entered a time warp. I didn't notice anyone or anything following me. I eventually found my way out of the area, but I was disoriented for many hours. I didn't sleep that night and continued riding west until I couldn't continue. I finally stopped and slept a few hours in a small park. I have no idea who those figures in the coveralls were, but I don't believe that they were human. The usually peaceful Amish neighborhood had been transformed into a hotbed of tense excitement and fear, all centered around a little white church standing serenely on the prairie. The Amish farmers and their families, known for their sedate and staid ways, were now gripped by curiosity and anxiety. The cause of their disquiet was a real live ghost that had taken a liking to haunting the immediate vicinity of the church. Rumors of the playful and ethereal apparition spread like wildfire among the villagers. Stout-hearted men, unafraid of fear, claimed to have seen it describing a four-foot-tall figure with broad and squat proportions, long arms, and unnaturally large black eyes. The ghost's first appearance had been witnessed by a young man from Clarion, who encountered it one night after returning home from spending time with his sweetheart. He shared his eerie experience with the villagers, but despite many keeping a watchful eye, the ghost remained elusive. Determined to debunk the stories and prove their bravery, four young men armed themselves with courage and muscle and set out to investigate the haunted church. As they circled the building and its surroundings, nothing seemed out of the ordinary, and they began to doubt the tales. However, as they passed the church again, they were startled to find what seemed like a shadow crouching on the steps. The strange figure beckoned them with its eerie hands, inviting them to follow. Attempting to confront the ghost, they aimed their weapons, but it vanished every time they looked directly at it. Fear gripped them, their hair stood on end, and their bodies were drenched in sweat. The ghost seemed to taunt them, appearing on the church roof, its arms outstretched in a chilling gesture. Overwhelmed and frightened, they decided to retreat from the haunted place no longer doubting the existence of the apparition. Their harrowing encounter spread like wildfire, and many ridiculed them, dismissing the ghost as a mere figment of their imagination. But the four young men stood firm, adamant that they had seen and felt the ghost's eerie presence. Since that fateful night, the bravest and most reckless among the villagers kept a vigilant watch, determined to solve the mystery of the ghost. Despite the scoffs and laughter from some, the four witnesses remained steadfast in their claim, convinced that they had encountered something otherworldly that defied explanation. The little white church on the prairie became a beacon of curiosity and trepidation, attracting both the daring and the doubtful. The mystery of the playful ghost continued to linger in the hearts of the villagers, leaving them to wonder what lay beyond the realm of their understanding and experience. And so the neighborhood remained wrapped in tension and anticipation, with each night bringing a fresh wave of brave souls, hoping to unlock the secrets of the enigmatic spirit that called the church its home. In my senior year of high school, a small group of like six of us decided to go camping one night. 
but none of us told our parents or anyone else what we were doing or where we were going. We ended up going to this campground, but all the sites were taken so we drove really far out, to the point where we no longer saw campsites and we reached the end of the road. We found a small clearing that would fit our two cars and huge tent. It was already pitch black when we got there so we couldn't see anything and set up a fire. We cooked some food, sat up telling stories, and eventually set up the big eight-person tent to sleep. We had heard a pack of coyotes, and I swear I heard a panther, though my group didn't hear it, so I was already pretty spooked, not to mention my crippling anxiety, but managed to fall asleep, feeling somewhat safe with the six of us in the tent. Now I'm an extremely light sleeper and wake up to even the slightest sound. Every crunch and rustle woke me up, but what woke me around one in the morning really scared the shit out of me. Something was sniffing at my head from the outside of the tent. I immediately started crying and woke up my friend next to me, when the sniffing stopped, telling her what had happened. She tried brushing it off until it had sniffed us again, this time closer to her head. Whatever was began circling our tent then. I legitimately thought I was doing to die that night. We woke up everyone else and there we were huddled together scared shirtless waiting for whatever it was to go away. Eventually after circling our tent many times and continued sniffing it left. It was the worst sleep I've ever gotten. When we woke up that morning we left right away but not before seeing the big sign that said bear sanctuary in our small clearing. It could have been a dog but it kept circling our tent and sounded big and along with the bear sanctuary and supposed panther hearing I doubt it was just a dog.